0: Glory to God. Uh, would you turn with me to 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter this evening, 1 Timothy 4, and we have been talking on a series, or teaching and ministering, I should say, on a series about the spiritual man, and every week I think, well, okay, i am about wrapped that up, and then I realize, no, not quite, so I'm still not through with the spiritual man, this evening, and in first Timothy four and verse six in first Timothy four six says "If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things that he was talking about, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto you have attained." But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. You know, it's interesting the way this is worded in the King James. Many people just get the idea that it's good for nothing. (laughs) And that's not what he's saying at all. He's comparing exercising the body to exercising the spirit in the things of God. Is physical exercise profitable? Yes, Yes, it is. It says profiteth little in the King James, but my Bible has a number by the word little and the margin says for a little while or a little time. And so it profits little compared to eternal profit. It does benefit you down here now. But he's comparing it to another kind of exercise. Godliness, which would be exercising yourself in the things of God, is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I mean, physical exercise only benefits you in this physical life, the years that you live down here. But it does benefit you. But exercising yourself in the things of God, it benefits you right here and now, and it benefits you forever. You know the development that you gain in faith will be good for eternity. The development that you gain in walking in love and walking in peace and the understanding of God and the joy of God, the fruit of the Spirit, the experience and the gifts of the Spirit, that is good for eternity. That will benefit you for eternity. Did you hear? Isn't that what he said? Yep. It's going to benefit you now, but it's going to benefit you in the time to come as well. So uh go with me with these thoughts in mind back to the book of Proverbs. Let's look at two scriptures, Proverbs 4 and Proverbs 18. Proverbs 4, Proverbs 18. Proverbs 4, let's start reading in verse 20. He said, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they, his words, God's words are life to those that find them and health or the margin says medicine to all their flesh. You know, that's another thing you're doing when you're reading your chapter every day, you're taking your medicine. Did you hear that? It'll heal you, and it'll keep you healthy. Do you believe that? It's a fact. He didn't just say God's Word about healing is medicine. It is, of course. But he said his words, all of his words are medicine to your flesh. All of them, about every subject. They'll minister to you. You know, I, I taught in a healing school ministry for, what was it, some 16, 17 years. And uh, said, you know, through experience you found out healing is spelled different way. Sometimes healing is spelled R-E-P-E-N-T. Sometimes healing is spelled O-B-E-Y. Sometimes healing is spelled F-O-R-G-I-V-E. You know what I'm saying? It's all interconnected and it's related. And so all of his words are life to us and health and medicine to our flesh. Another reason to read that chapter every day. Now he goes on to say in verse 23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Listen to the Amplified. It says, Keep your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the springs of life. The life that's in your flesh comes out of your heart. Now we're not talking about your physical blood pump. Remember Romans ten nine and 10, verse 10 talks about, For with the heart man believes. That's not talking about your physical blood pump. You can't believe God with your physical heart any more than you could believe God with your lung or with your liver or with a kidney. (laughs) I know it sounds funny, but people have funny notions about that. You know, people will take a physical heart and look at it with such reverence and go, well, man, that's that's the heart of a human being. It's a blood pump. And it's a wonderful, amazing thing. Don't misunderstand. People do the same thing with the brain. They say, isn't that amazing? All the things that have been civilization have come out of that gray mass of tissue. No, uh, the brain is not the mind. The brain is the physical organ the mind functions through. If you had your brain totally removed, you'd still have your mind. You just couldn't express it in this physical realm. You see people whose minds are damaged by stroke and that kind of thing. They didn't lose their mind, but their mind is imprisoned inside. They can't express themselves properly in this realm. Right. But if you, when you die, you leave your body. Your body is put in the ground. Well, you still have your mind. Did you hear me? Yeah. He said, guard your heart, keep your heart, take care of your heart, because out of it, flow the springs of life. So he's not talking about your blood pump. What's he talking about? First Peter talks about the hidden man of the heart. And Second Corinthians 4 talks about there is an inward man and there is an outward man. Well, it's what we've been talking about all these weeks. The spirit man is the man on the inside, right? The man of the heart. Should you take care of your spirit? Should you guard your spirit? What goes into your spirit? How you deal with your spirit? Why? Because out of your spirit flow the springs or issues of life. The life that's in your flesh right now is coming out of your spirit. Did you hear me? See, people think we're so advanced technologically and and medically and and scientifically. But uh, the things that really matter... Uh, We still don't know. We still don't understand. If you ask, you know, the most advanced science team and medical doctors and et cetera, you know, what makes my heart beat? Well, they say, well, we know that. I mean, uh, nerve stimuli come from certain regions of the brain and it flow. Okay, fine, fine. Where does it come from to get to there? Now they don't know. (laughs) Just that quick and that easy because you can't see that under a microscope. That is unseen. They call it life force. But it's your spirit. I said it's your spirit. Amen. Amen. Now go to the 18th chapter of Proverbs please. Proverbs 18. Like we've said you know billions have been spent on the development of the human body. Untold volumes written about it. Studies done on it. Billions have been spent on the development of the human mind. All kind of volumes written about it. But precious little has been talked and written and taught about the development of the human spirit. And that's really the most important of all. I've seen people who had wonderfully developed bodies who were spiritual babies and infants. Terribly weak spiritually. I've seen people who had developed their mind and had powers of intellect. But were just mostly had a head full of questions. And knowledge. A lot of knowledge that wasn't even useful. But their spirit was weak. You know it takes more than knowledge. And it takes more than physical strength. You need faith. I said you need faith. Faith is of the heart. Amen. Amen and you can't have strong faith without having a strong spirit strong faith comes from a strong spirit and that's what's going to get you through rough times that's what's going to make you an overcomer in proverbs 18:14 notice this 18:14 said the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity but a wounded spirit who can bear The Amplified says, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble. Did you hear that? What's going to get you through? Even pain, a a terrible physical attack, or a financial attack, or a mental attack. What's going to get you through that? Come on, tell me now. A strong spirit. Amen? Amen. A strong spirit. But it what goes on to say in the Amplified, but a weak and a broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? See, when problems come and people just fold and they're just a basket case and they just cry uncontrollably and come apart like a $2 watch, that is a weak spirit. Did you hear me? But when trouble comes and needs come and attacks come and you're able to stand up on the inside and say, none of these things move me. God's on the throne. His word is true. He's faithful. He's never failed me. I will come through this. Amen. The needs will be met. The bills will be paid. My body will be whole. I'll live out my full length of days. Amen. And with long life. He'll satisfy me. He'll show me his salvation. And you don't just talk that way. When your charismatic friend is looking. You talk that way in the middle of the night. But it ain't nobody but you. And the Bible. And God. And some pain. Did you hear me? Nobody but you. And God. And the Bible. And some bills on the table. Hmm. I've seen people before, bless their hearts, you know, they, oh, they were big to preach at other people and tell them what they ought to do. Ah, brother, don't mess with that. Don't let the devil bother you. You slap him and just claim it and do it. Why are you still messing with that? Why don't you have your answer already? And then something happened to them. And you check on them and they're over in the corner crying their eyes out. I don't understand this. I'm a faith man. This ain't supposed to be happening to me. No, you're a whiny baby. (laughs) And you're weak. Do you understand the difference? It's not just about who can talk a good talk. It's what you do when you're facing stuff. Right? It's not about telling other people what they ought to do. And unless you've overcome in that area... Don't be big to talk about where people are to be. Right. And now listen, I had this come up in my spirit during worship, and this is for somebody. It applies to everybody, but it's for, uh, some individuals particularly. Condemnation is not of God. Right. Did you understand that? Yeah. Sometimes you hear people say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit condemned me about that. That's not even accurate. Uh, language to use. That's not true. I don't have time to teach on it tonight, but the reality is the Holy Spirit convicts you. Different word, different thing. That means he will cause you to see what's right, what's wrong, the truth, what's good. He'll cause you to see it. Now, when you see the light, you see right, wrong, and you see you've missed it, then oftentimes your own heart will condemn you as a result of being convicted of him. But he's not condemning you. He's not a condemning spirit. And I've seen this, and Phyllis and I have for years in the ministry, you see all kind of people that try to put on a facade of success, of strength, of healing, of prosperity. And then as time goes on and it's not really there, they get to feeling like they can't let anybody into their life to see what they really are, what they really have. And you see people even quit going to churches and quit fellowshipping with people because they get condemned because why don't I already have this? Or why am I not already at a place? Well, it's because... Of the very thing that's happening, the condemnation and the falseness. Mm-hmm. Nobody starts at the top. That's right. You understand that? Yeah. You don't start believing for 10 million at a chunk. Right. Hmm? We started believing God for a tank of gas. <laughs> We're going to Bible school. I had a little 1969 Chevrolet pickup, I named it Trigger. Me and Trigger went from downtown, shoot 'em up alley to school every day. It was one of those three speed on the column. Nice little pickup. It was a gutless wonder. It had no power. But, uh, you know, sometimes the linkage would hang up. Yeah, anybody know what I'm talking about on those? This is real funny. I'll tell you a funny story. A friend of mine from up in, uh, british columbia canada won't take me and phyllis out to eat at a real ritzy place one night man we hadn't had a good steak dinner in six months and and he won't take us out so maybe longer than that at that time and um so uh, we got in my truck i dressed up she dressed up we pulled into this nice place you know just as around the corner my gears hung up I had to get out and open the hood in my good suit and jimmy the gear, you know, get her back in gear. Well, how come me to talk about that anyway? y'all? I lost my place telling that story. What was I talking about? Help me out, Mo. What was I talking about before I got there? Yeah, Trigger. That's why I talked about Trigger. We started believing God for a tank of gas, for groceries for the week. And month by month, year by year, you keep feeding your faith and using it. Everybody say, using it. You see, this is, uh, remember the scriptures we read in First Timothy? Number one, nourished up in the words of faith. Number two, exercising yourself in the things of God. That's how you develop a strong spirit. You feed, now, it's not just feeding your spirit on intellectual materials. Nourished up in the words of what? Faith. Faith, words of faith, feed your spirit. It, now, it doesn't always have to be a message on faith, but it needs to be of faith, from faith, in faith. Amen? Can you discern if something is in and of and from faith or not? Sure you can. It's up, it's positive. There's strength in it, there's life in it. It's not we're going down. You know, bless some preachers' hearts. You know, they just get well, you know, all the youth is going to the devil. And the devil is taking the world over it. He ain't taking us over. No, he Our youth is not going to the devil. Our children's not going to the devil. Amen. Huh? Amen. Well, it's just different than it used to be. The whole world's just going to hell in a handbasket. We're not. I said, we're not. (laughs) Don't listen to unbelieving stuff that can take out of you instead of put into you. You can tell when your spirit's being fed from reading your scriptures and Good materials and good tapes and good books and being in good meetings. I, there's been meetings I've been in. You know, I was just in one, uh, minister's conference. And I mean, over a period of, uh, three days, you can just tell your spirit's just coming up. Your faith's coming up. Your vision's coming up. Amen? Amen. That's supposed to happen to you every time. Everybody say nourished up. Nourished in up. In words of faith. In words of faith. Now, the second thing is, you got to what? Exercise. You've got to exercise your faith. If you don't start believing God for a pair of socks and for a lunch and for a tank of gas, you never will be believing God for the big stuff. you got to start where you are. There's no condemnation in believing God for the small stuff. Hmm? You've got a problem of people trying to act like they're at a place they're not. And so they're not exercising anywhere. They're just pretending and so they're not growing. Everybody say start where you are are. or you stay where you are. are. So you understand that? If you don't start where you are, you'll stay where you can't just jump all the rungs and all the steps on the ladder and go from nothing to believing for the biggest stuff. And, you know, I think sometimes we hear some of our our favorite faith teachers and everything else, and you hear where they're believing God right now after they've fed their faith and exercised it for 40 years and 50 years, and we compare that to where we're at, and we think, well, man, we ain't doing anything. They didn't start there. And there is no embarrassment, there's no shame in believing for $5. You know, I tell the story about the first pair of shoes I believed for. I'll never forget it. I mean, it's ingrained in me. And some of the first things that you got. Because why? It's so exciting. Because you realize this same principle that I got this new pair of shoes with. 20 years later I got a jet with. Both of them paid for. Hmm? After feeding my faith. And Phyllis and myself. Feeding our faith for 20 years. And everybody say exercise. Exercise. How do you exercise? You sow your seed, you pray your prayers, you make your confessions, you expect it to come in, and you're using your faith muscles when you're expecting it, expecting it to. It's kind of like fishing with a line. You know, you you throw it out there, you hook the thing you're believing for, and you reel it in. You with your spirit, you're reeling it in every day. It's coming to you, amen. Until it pops out of the water and you see it. Anybody got a chunk hooked? Huh? You set the hook on a chunk. Whew. You feel it on the line. There it is. Okay, keep reeling it till it pops out, and you see it. Now, a chunk to one person might be twenty dollars. Huh? And there's no shame in that. There's no embarrassment at all. And I just had that in my spirit. There's two or three things. Uh, one, don't let anybody make you feel inferior about where you're at in your faith walk right now. Did you hear me? There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor, getting some help. Did you hear me? Some of you say, well, you either believe God or you go to the doctor. That's not true. You can believe. You better be believing God when you go to the doctor. They're human beings. There's a reason why they call it practicing. They're still learning every day. They can make mistakes. You better believe God. You better get in faith, for you let them roll you in the operating room, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, don't let anybody make you feel inferior because you're not believing for some of the big amounts. You hear somebody else. The main thing is that you are believing for something. You're not just pretending and doing nothing. You're exercising your faith right now on some. Now you can always bump it up later. Right? You get that in, you can always bite off something bigger. But it's not, uh, you hear me saying, we're believing for that 500 to come in. We got it knocked down to 290. I'm believing for that 290 to come in now. You You with me on that? Somebody said, why don't you just believe for the whole thing? Why don't you believe for a billion and give it to us? (laughs) We could do a lot with it. Hmm? It's not, we don't receive according to what God can do. We receive according to our faith. And our faith is growing and developing. It doesn't, you know, don't, it's not just according to what you can say. It's according to what you can realistically, confidently expect. Amen. And you have to ascertain in your own spirit where you're at on a thing. Not according to what God can do, it's according to our faith. How many remember him saying that in the Gospels again and again? According to your faith, according to how you believed, according as your faith. So uh, don't let anybody make you feel inferior for where you're believing right now. Just be believing somewhere. And and on the other thing, there's some people that need to hear this. You need to... uh, don't be uh comparing other folk and telling them they ought to be at a place that they're not. Amen. Did you hear me now? Amen. There's some folk that have done that in here, maybe even with your spouse. And you need to be quiet because you're pushing them away from the things of God. And saying, Well, you know, well, you ought to be doing this by now. Well, your faith ought to be at this. Well, yours could be at a different place too. No, you need to back off and cool down and be quiet. And instead of telling other folk what they ought to do, you, let's see you demonstrate. Let's see you produce some results instead of just talk. Hallelujah. And you know, results do talk real loud, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Okay, uh, now this is the thing that I wanted to get to. I have taught on this subject for some years now, actually decades off and on, and I used to teach on how to develop a strong spirit. We'd get people into the healing school, and they've been told that they have two weeks to live, and so they're facing a terminal disease, and death is on them. I mean, it's almost tangible. You get a bunch of people, a whole room full of people like that. I mean, you walk into that place, the depression feels so thick, you could almost cut it with a knife. Death is in the room. Depression, they don't feel like they got anything to shout about or be happy about. What's going to get us through this? What's going to make us overcomers of this? A strong spirit. I begin to realize it wasn't just the person's body that needed change. The spirit's got to get built up so that we can resist the stuff. And so that we can receive our miracle and our healing. Hmm? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. Uh, I've used this before, but it'll bear repetition. Dave, would you step up here just a minute? Hold this Bible out to me, please. Let's just say Brother Dave is representing the Lord. And let's say this Bible is representing healing. And this is a good example because Scripture said he sent his word and healed them. And let's say I'm somebody that needs to believe for a healing. i got a problem in my body. So many times, so many Christians are at this place very weak spiritually. Their spirit hasn't been fed. You can go to church all your life and not have your spirit fed. Do you know that? There are churches where people are not even born again. Do you know that? They talk about social reform and politics and... Being a good humanitarian and all kinds, but not faith and not the word. And their spirit's not fed and they're not exercising. And so spiritually they are starving and they're so weak. And so they say, well, you know, even if, well, I'll back up. A lot of people just say, well, you know, Lord, please heal me. Please. I'll try to be a better Christian. Please heal me. Please, please, please heal me. And they don't realize Jesus bought and paid for our healing. He's already bought it. He's already paid for it. And the Lord is offering it. He's extending it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's available just like being born again. It belongs to everybody, whoever will. But so many people are just begging, please, God, heal me. Please, please, please. And say, other people, y'all pray that I'd be healed. Please, y'all pray that we'll be healed. Please heal me. And all they do is beg and plead week after week, even month after month. But what did Jesus say, whatever you desire, when you pray? What did he say? Believe Believe what? Not just believe that God is real. Not just believe that healing could happen. Believe what? Believe that you receive. That word literally means take. Believe that you take it. If I'm ever going to have this Bible, what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to receive it. It's being offered, but I'm going to have to receive it. I'm going to have to lay hold of it and take it. So many people don't even know about healing. But there are those who say, yeah, I believe God is real. I believe Jesus bought and paid for my healing. I believe it belongs to me. But they're so weak, they go, well, okay. I've got to receive. So I believe that i just weak, emaciated on the inside. I'm going to receive it. Yeah, I'm going to receive my healing. I believe that I... This is where millions of Christians are. No strength in their spirit to lay hold and receive. If I'm going to enjoy this, I've got to have enough strength to stand up and say, Lord, I see that you have provided healing for me. I know it's mine in Christ. And I believe that I receive. And by faith, take it to yourself. You don't see it yet. You don't feel it. But you have received it inside yourself just like the new birth, just like your salvation. But this is not the end. We have an enemy. Is that right? Now let's turn this around. You be me for a minute, Brother Dave, and you've received your healing. You believed you've received it. I'm going to be the enemy now. Didn't the scripture say he comes to steal the word? The enemy'll come and say, "Now you don't believe you're healed, do you? Look here at your body. look, look how long it's been. You don't feel any different. Feel this mm, feel this, ah, what about that? Look at that. You're not healed, and what does it take to hold on to your healing? It takes some strength. you got to hold on and say, no, but what people they get to looking at their symptoms and at the time that has passed, they go, well, I thought I got my healing, but I guess I didn't. And when you turn loose of it, if you cast your confidence away, if you turn loose of it, you're not going to see it. What has to happen? you got to be strong. Lay hold of this. And I don't care if the enemy pesters you night and day, day after day. You're not healed. You go, yes I am. You're not healed. Feel that. Check this. Look at this. Look how long it's been. You go, I don't care. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved. It takes strength to do this night and day. Day after day. Week after week. Right? Amen. Do you see why the scripture says a strong spirit is what's going to get you even through bodily pain. And trouble. But a weak and a broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? Well, God can, through the Word, amen, and through exercising your spirit. Can you say amen? Does that make sense? Now, uh, I've taught this, and if the Lord deals with me, I'll go into some more detail before we're through. But if you will feed your spirit regularly, Nourished up in the words of faith. Read your chapters in faith. Don't just read it. Read it in faith. Believing it's feeding your spirit. When you hear messages preached. Tonight, Sunday, anywhere, anytime. You read good books, tapes. Hear it in faith. Let it nourish your spirit. And if you exercise your faith. Believe God for the little stuff and keep believing God, and increasing, and believing God, and increasing, just keep exercising, your spirit will develop. You'll begin to get stronger. And i taught these things for years, not a lot more detail than what I'm giving tonight. And I just stopped right there. Feed your spirit, exercise it, you will develop and get strong. And after a few years of teaching that, one time at the end of a series, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, uh, there's some things you're not covering you need to. I thought, well, I prayed about it. And I, I thought, well, what am I missing? And finally, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, you can do everything you're saying and still be weak. I thought, no way. <laughs> no, you feed yourself and you exercise. You're going to get strong. He said, no, you can do that and still be weak. Well, man, I had to find out why. Why? And I begin to find out, I begin to pray about it and seek and study. And one day the Lord gave me the answer in the bathtub. He did. I said, what do you mean? I was filling the tub. Y'all already got it? I was filling the tub. I had turned the the water on. And I turned away to do something else. And in a little bit, a couple of minutes, turned back around. And that tub wasn't really more full than when I started pouring the water in. You know why? I had not plugged the drain. Is it possible to have uh, life strength flowing in? But not accumulating, not increasing because it's flowing out as quick or quicker than it's flowing in. Yeah. And the Lord began to deal with me. He said, you need to do what you've taught. What I've shown you is absolutely the word. It's right. But not only must you do that, you must eliminate the drains. Are you with me? There are things that will drain your spirit if you let them. And you can feed yourself on the Word and you can pray in tongues and you can worship and praise and do the things that you're supposed to do. But if you allow and continue with these drains, it'll sap your strength. So that even though you should be getting stronger and stronger, you won't be. Do you understand this principle? I didn't even see that till the Lord brought that to my attention. And I want to begin now telling you about a few things. There's actually about four major things. If we don't cover them all tonight, we'll just pick up next week. That the Lord begin to deal with me areas that you have to beware of about things that will drain you. Number one, I want you to turn over to a scripture we'll talk about this. Ezekiel 21. Ezekiel 21 and the... Uh, Sixth verse. I want you to see how this works here. 21.6. He said sigh therefore son of man. With the breaking of your loins. And with bitterness sigh before their eyes. It shall be when they say to you. Why are you sighing? You will answer for the tidings. The news. Because it comes. And every heart shall melt. And all hands shall be feeble. And every spirit shall faint. And all knees shall be weak as water. Is there a connection between the spirit and the body? Did you see that? The spirit faints and the knees are weak. Why? Because the life force that's in your body is your spirit. Out of your heart flow the issues of life. Something happens to your spirit, your body's going to be affected immediately. He said all knees will be weak as water. Why? Because of this news that was coming, this evil report, this bad news. And when they would hear it, obviously their response was going to be fear. And they would be so afraid from what they heard until their heart would melt, their spirit would faint, and their knees would just be weak. Number one thing to watch out about draining your spirit. It's a couple of words, but they're all linked together fear and worry i said fear and worry yep. will drain your spirit right. just like pulling the plug on the tub right. i mean you have you ever seen it yeah. or experienced it yeah. maybe been to a good service maybe read your bible maybe spent some time in prayer or worshiping god just feel all built up feel all strong and you hear a bad report And go sit down in your chair and start worrying about it. What happens to you? I mean it just feels like somebody pulled the plug. It's like strength is just running out of you. Why? Because when you yield to fear and you yield to worry, you open up the drain. You're being drained. And don't, you know, don't say and don't believe you can't help it. You do not have to fear. Ever. You do not have to worry. Ever. In fact, if you do, you should repent. I said you should repent. Because we're told not to. This is not going over very good. (laughs) Philippians 4. Turn there, please. Not my words, but his. Philippians 4. Do you have to fear? No. There are people who will argue with you and say, Well, look, even people say, Well, a little fear is good. A little fear is healthy. No, no some sense is healthy. <laughs> huh? Amen. Having enough sense to get out of the way of the truck Amen. is not just necessarily being afraid of the truck. Amen. Having enough sense. To not stick my arm in the cage with a rattlesnake is not the same as being afraid of the rattlesnake. I don't have to be afraid of the snake. I just don't room with it. Right? Hmm? No, fear is not good. Well, I'm talking about that dread fear. Now, a reverential fear of God is good. Respect for God. Awe and reverence for God. But fearing things. Well I'm afraid of this. And I'm afraid of that. All of your phobias and fears. Are drains on your spirit. They make you weak. Being afraid of anything. Don't care what it is. You need to overcome it. Hmm. Yea though I walk through the valley. Of the shadow of death. I'm not afraid of much. Huh. Ain't much that scares me, but you know, some things. Huh? What's the scripture say? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That means you, it's dark, you feel it, you sense it, you're in the presence of death. But even at that, I will what? I will fear No. no Evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Everybody say it out loud. I'm not afraid of anything. That's too weak. Say it again. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. Now let me help you with this. You must treat symptoms of fear just like you treat symptoms of sickness and disease. I said you must treat symptoms of fear just like you treat symptoms of sickness and disease. The Lord taught me this when I was a teenager. I didn't know much scripture, but I knew Psalm 23. I'd been taught that in Sunday school. And there were some things that bothered me and frightened me, and he led me to that scripture to confess that and say that. I will fear no evil, for you're with me. And it took me a while, though, to see, because I think, well, no, I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to fear. And then here I got goosebumps and the hair standing up on the back of my neck. And I'm thinking, uh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I wasn't going to fear. I wasn't going to fear. Now I'm afraid. I didn't understand. We walk by faith. I said we walk by faith. And I'm letting these feelings tell me I have to fear. Hmm? And I finally learned, it took me a while, but I finally learned, I can have the hair standing up on the back of my neck. I can have goose bumps double parked on my arms. My knees could be bumping together and I can say, I refuse to fear. Don't care what I feel. I don't care what I feel emotionally. I refuse to fear. Fear, I resist you. Leave me. Did you hear me? This is how you get victory. Don't say, well, it's too late, I'm already, because the devil will tell you, you're already afraid, it's too late, you know, it's too late. No, it's not too late. That's when there's time to confess and say, I refuse to fear. But what you must not do is sit down in your chair, lay across your bed, and worry. Hmm? To do so, I mean, you can build yourself up so wonderfully. You can be doing so good. And you can lay across the bed and worry for three hours and be so weak. Just be faint. Hmm? Everybody say, no fear. No worry. worry. Don't just sit there and take it. Don't just sit there and think about those things that are frightening you and bothering you. If you have to, jump up out of your chair and say, no, no, no. That's not what's going to happen no I'm not dying with this God's bigger than this I will not die I will live and declare the works of God and with long life he'll satisfy me and if I believe that there's no reason for me to lay here and cry hmm if you have to you jump up out of your chair and say no no I'm not losing everything the money will come it'll be here I don't know how I don't have to know how God's faithful we'll pay every bill we'll, every need will be met we'll pay it off it's coming I'm a giver. Because I am, it comes back to me. I'm a tither. Amen. He takes care of me and the devours rebuked. Amen. If you have to, find you a faith buddy. Amen. and t- Say, hey, tell me it's going to be okay. <laughs> <Amen. That's right. laughs> huh? Yeah. And if somebody is telling you the bad news, get away. <laughs> get away. You can't afford to entertain that fear and that doubt and that worry. It will drain you. You lose your strength. And it's through your strong spirit that you're going to overcome. Can you say amen? Number one drain on your spirit is fear and worry. Do you see that? And I think that's enough for tonight. Do you? You want another one? All right go to first peter 3 let me at least introduce this to you then yep that'll be good that'll be fine good place to end first peter 3 and let's read in verse uh well he's talking to the wives in chapter 3 of first peter and he tells them you know how to deal with their husbands and how to be Even like Sarah obeyed Abraham. Verse 7, he said, Likewise, husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Is it true that relationship problems can hinder your prayers? In this particular case, if the wife didn't treat her husband right. If the husband didn't treat his wife right. Could that hinder their prayers? Obviously. According to these scriptures. So a second area to watch about drains. Is relationship problems. I said relationship problems. A failure To walk in love. Number one is a failure to walk in faith. If you're yielding to fear and worry, then you're not operating in faith. But arguing, fussing, and fighting will absolutely drain you. Have you ever experienced it? I mean, you you can read 40 chapters of the Bible. You can pray in tongues like a house of fire for two hours. You can worship God and feel like you're on top of the mountain. And you can come and get into it with somebody in a 30-minute argument and just feel flat. Just feel like somebody pulled the plug and all your strength ran out. Have you ever experienced any of this? We don't ask for testimonies, but uh, it's something you cannot afford. I said, you cannot afford it. The home environment is such that, you know, you need the peace of God to be there. Hmm? And, uh, you know, don't just leave the TV blaring wide open with folk cussing on there all the time. You don't want that in your home. Even blasphemy. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's blasphemous. And... uh, you don't want a lot of junk going on that's a distraction. You know, learn how to be still. You know, a lot of folk, bless their hearts, they, the only thing they know how to do as soon as their eyes open, they got three radios and two TVs and the cats meowing and the dogs barking and they just got a, a low roar going. And you know, you can get used to that. I said, you can get used to that and think you got to have some racket and some stuff going on. The Bible said, be still and know that I am God. A lot of have you ever noticed something? Maybe you forgot that it was on or you forgot something was playing and after a while you just realize this is annoying me. Huh? Have you ever realized that? Well see, it's not just annoying your mind, it's annoying your spirit. That's why it was kind of a, a below conscious thing. And all at once you realize, ah, that's bothering me. Hmm? Well, you should have already had it off a long time ago. All these things have a cumulative effect on wearing on your spirit. Every morning when you wake up, you have a certain amount of patience and peace and strength. And faith. And if you spend it on the wrong stuff. You may not have it. When you need it on the right stuff. Hmm? The resources of your spirit. The Holy Ghost is unlimited. Your spirit is not unlimited. Remember the outward man is perishing. But the inward man is what? Renewed. Day by day. Well if you were never depleted. You'd never need to be renewed. But you need to be renewed. Don't you? Have you ever seen parents. That they. You may be doing some goofy something. That means nothing. And it's frustrating them. And they're using up all their patience. To try to do that. Maybe something you shouldn't even be doing. And then you hear one of the kids come up and need something. And you bark at them. And you're short with them. Why? Because you wasted your patience on this. Does this make sense? Don't waste Your patience, your strength, your joy, and your peace on stuff that counts for nothing. And every time, you know, let me just say this. Going shopping is not resting. Watching TV is not resting. Did you hear somebody say, well, that's the way I like to relax. You're not resting. Your mind is going through all the stuff and your emotions are going through all the stuff that the script writer wrote. Did you hear me? I mean, people after a certain kind of super action movies, they're going, Whew, Boy, that's, well, that's not rest. I didn't say you couldn't watch something, but just understand that's not rest. We've got to learn how to Rest. So we can get renewed. So we can get strengthened. In closing, let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 40. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 40. How many want to be strong? I tell you what, I don't like weak anything. I don't like weak cars. I like it when you race the motor or the windows shake. I don't like weak airplanes. I don't like weak anything. I like stuff with substance, strength. Don't you? How many know we do not have a weak God? Amen. He is a strong, mighty God. How many want to deal with life in a weak, manby-pamby way? Whiny baby can't do anything way. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. I'm so pitiful. Y'all pray for me. No, I want to be strong. Amen? Amen? Amen. Strong in my spirit. Strong in my soul. Strong and sharp in my mind. Strong in my body. Strong in my finances. Amen. Amen? Amen? God is a strong God. The gospel is the strong man's gospel. The Christian life is the strong person's life. Life of victory. Amen. Amen. But it doesn't just come automatically. You have to do the things that bring strength. And you have to quit doing the things that sap your strength. And drain your strength. We're giving you two areas. Number one, what must you not do? No fear. Don't say you can't help it. No worry. Don't say you can't help it. No fear, no worry, lest you want to be weak. You cannot sit around in your chair and pine away and go through all the worst case scenarios and fear and worry and stay strong. Cannot do it. It'll drain you. And secondly, you cannot be embroiled in arguments and fussing and fighting. You know as well as I how draining that can be on you can it you know uh, phyllis and i like any other married couple we've had our discussions some more animated than others especially when we first got married you know you don't know anything and we're both babies spiritually we were even young naturally very young and uh you know just made a lot of mistakes and as we got into the ministry you know, you begin to see how important it is that we be in the right condition to minister to the people. How many understand she and I can't have a knockdown, drag out fight three minutes before I step on this platform and have the quality and the kind and caliber of ministry that you ought to have. Huh? Is it would it affect it? Well certainly. Nobody is that good of an actor. Hmm? You can't just flip on your spiritual switch. And you know, we in our travels, we'd go, you know, sometimes you get tired and you're four time zones away and on a funny bed and the food is strange. And after some time of that and tight quarters and everything, you get to feeling weary. But it's not just getting somewhere, it's what condition you're in when you get there. Sometimes people come to church and I mean the clothes are flying and the food is flying and they're fussing and wrangling with each other from the time they screech to a stop in the church parking lot and they run out of there with the kids in tow and well we're here, whoo whoo we're here, yeah but what shape are you in? A lot of times you'll be all the way past the song service and offering before you even realize you're in church, (laughs) Huh? A lot of times, by the time you get calmed down to where you could receive something, it's dismissal time. That's happened too many times to talk about. You do understand that so many times people are sitting there in the service and they're looking at you and they're nodding, but they're replaying that conversation they had, you know, and they're thinking about ammunition. They're going to tell them after the, it's happening. Well, you're not receiving strength. You're actually being drained. Isaiah 40, I'm trying to close. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, Isaiah 40:28, The creator of the ends of the earth faints not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. That's a good word. What if you get faint? What if you did the wrong thing? you worried. You got scared. You fussed and fought. Now you're so faint. It's pitiful. Well, we know who's got some strength. And he won't just judge you and say, well, you should have acted different. He will give you of his strength. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. How many know physical strength only goes so far? I don't care how strong you are. It only goes so far, and it ain't that far. But they that what? They that run all over the country and have five cell phones and three fax machines, three radios and two TVs, and everything going at once. and Huh? Fussing and fighting and arguing and demanding. No. They that what? Wait. On the Lord. They shall renew. Renew. Their strength. The Hebrew says they'll change their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Not faint. Not faint. That means you overcome. That means you receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to, Glory to God. I got a little beard trimmer. It's battery powered. And if I go in there, you know, like tonight, moving and don't know where stuff is at. Go to grab that little beard trimmer. And it's been packed in a box and hadn't been charged in a while. And I'm going to trim a little place on the beard. And I turn it on. And it goes, well, ain't gonna be no trimming. Out of power. No strength. What have I got to do to get this strength back up? Well, it's got a stand that you put it in. It plugs into the wall. But when I put it in the wall, I have to turn it off. Somebody say amen. amen. I have to turn it off because if I leave it on, then every little bit of strength that comes into it, it goes brr. Burp, 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 burp. You leave it on, and it won't charge like it should. Right. How many understand you gotta quit giving out, you gotta quit trying to do everything, and you gotta learn to get quiet and take in. Just not, not you don't have to be praying at the top of your voice all the time. You have to be you don't have to be quoting scriptures all the time. You gotta learn to take in. Take in, receive, and those that learn and know how to wait upon the Lord, just wait and be quiet and be still and receive and wait. You can do that riding in your car. You can do that sweeping the floor. You can do that washing a dish if you're quiet inside. Did you hear me? Quiet inside. And they that wait upon the Lord, what will happen? They will renew, renew their strength. I tell you, I turn the switch off on that little charger and I leave that thing in the base for a couple of days. And I go over there to get ready and I turn that thing on. It's like a homolite power saw. Boy, you better watch where you go or you'll make a trim you didn't intend to. It's got some power now. But periodically, you got to get it back to the source. How many know our source is God? We got to stay hooked up with Him, cut off the drains, keep the flow coming, and you and I'll be strong and stay strong. Stand on your feet if you would. Let's lift our hands and give thanks to the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we give you glory. You're so good, so faithful, so wonderful. Go ahead and tell Him He's the strength of your heart. He's, Lord, you're the strength of my heart. You're the strength of my life. Of whom will I be afraid? Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, just worship Him a little. He can strengthen you some more tonight before you get away. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening us. You're the strength of our life. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge.